0: Why is our lens for the homeless different than any other circumstance, whether it be a pet, whether it be somebody who's troubled and suffering from dementia, who might be wandering the streets, whether it's about a missing child? We see people on the street and we drive past and we walk past and our buses go past and our subway and streetcars go past and we see people sleeping in the subway because they are they can't afford to be anywhere else. What is it that makes this okay? It definitely has been something that our society's grown a little numb to. We also have less cash than ever, so we don't give it out and dole it out as much as we would otherwise. So what helps the system? What helps frame the conversation of where we need to go? Part of that's inspired by the monologue of CNN host Michael Smirkonish, which I watched on Saturday morning, and we'll let you hear some of that. They're important conversations. They're real conversations, so let's have them on Toronto Today there is that fine line. I really do think that there's a fine line when we talk about who should be on the street and who we should be helping. And I told the story on Friday about about a few weeks ago, I stopped at a gas station pouring rain. It was Remembrance Day, as a matter of fact. And I pulled up next to um, into one of those gas bays and gassed up my tank and had to sort of say to a couple people who came up and asked me uh, for something that I didn't have any cash, which actually was true. I This is a really problematic thing. We've got more homeless people and we carry less cash on us. And I'm not going to, you know, play the game where I tell you I always give and I give all the time. But I remember I remember coming to Toronto as a younger kid and I never saw homeless people in London before. So you'd see them in Toronto or Detroit or Chicago or a major city wherever you'd end up going. But there were also so I, I fended off, if you will, to people who asked. I didn't feel threatened by these people, but I'm who I am. Um, I didn't feel I was surrounded. And I know when I feel threatened, I <laughs> I have felt threatened in downtown areas before, not just in this country, but other countries. Some some of it's about time and place and being smart with where you are, where you park, et cetera, et cetera. But I had no issues with them asking me for change. Nothing. Um. A woman parked next to me in a gas uh, bay uh, on the other side using the same pump. You know how that happens. And she had two kids in the back seat of the car. And one was uh, one was a kid in a car seat, as a matter of fact. So and I I remember those eras, too, where you want to go in and pay for something or you're like, ah, let me get you an apple juice or a snack to settle the kid in the backseat down, for heaven's sake. And so you do that. She needed to do that. But she didn't want to go into the, the you know, the store, um, the little on the run store and, and pick up whatever she needed to pick up in there. Maybe she was paying inside. I don't know. So she asked me to go in with her. So I did. And I thought, OK, that'll happen once in a while. And I actually understood, given some of the mutterings and, and watching sort of, you know, out of the corner of my eye, the two gentlemen basically camped out outside the store. Nobody wants to call the cops on on these people. Nobody wants them arrested. Okay, but but she she gets to say she gets to feel how she feels. And if she feels concerned, physically threatened, she also has a sort of that concept when your kids are in your car and they're really little that you want to watch the car. I mean, obviously, you're not going to leave the keys in it, et cetera, et cetera. And it got to a further conversation. So she asked me to go in. I did. And really nothing. There's some muttering from from one of the guys. But what's happening in New York City, I brought up, with Mayor Eric Adams. And it seems controversial. But let's take a hard look at what's deemed a controversial new approach to the homeless. In essence, the mayor there, and I want to know if you think this would work here. You can text the show as always at 416 870 He wants to give the city's first responders, including the cops... The ability to enforce a law that's already on the books. And what does that mean? You are allowed to involuntarily commit people experiencing a mental health crisis. You probably just can't somebody take somebody sleeping on a subway grate and uh, to pop them into a cop car and take them to somewhere where they can be evaluated. They're not getting arrested. They're being brought in for the safety of others. And heaven forbid we make sure the safety of others is a priority. Michael smirkanish from CNN hosts the show on Saturday morning at 9 o'clock. I highly recommend it. I get a lot of ideas. It makes me think. Sometimes I agree with him 100%, and sometimes I adamantly disagree with him. But that's what's good about about the discourse. And he keeps it. He keeps me interested and engaged. He doesn't bore me. He doesn't wear a political coat. He's not dealing in tribalism. And he said this. He lives in Washington, D.C., but he said this about what Eric Adams is attempting to do and why we have such a sort of a uh, a, an opaque lens on homelessness right now. It's a problem. And we all got there somehow, some way.
1: Here's the heart of it. Section 9.41 authorizes a peace officer or police officer to take into custody for the purpose of a psychiatric evaluation an individual who appears to be mentally ill and is conducting themselves in a manner likely to result in serious harm to self or others. Similarly, the written policy maps out a role for designated clinicians who may remove or direct the removal of any person to a hospital for the purpose of evaluation or for admission if such person appears to be mentally ill and is conducting themselves in a manner likely to result in serious harm to the person or to others.
0: Okay, again, we live here, okay? They live here too. We need them to be taken care of. And I get that many advocates for the homeless oppose this. They wanna look at this from a health and housing lens. Well, so do I. But what's the middle ground here? Involuntarily removing people who are deemed a threat by police and police may have to go out, get more training and they will. They'll get more training and maybe they need to also be working with a mental health professional going out with them. I I worry for the cops. It puts them in a rather precarious position. If somebody is going to arrest, what happens now? Okay, you don't have to come with me. It puts liability on the uniformed officer. I don't know how anyone could dispute that. But Smirkanish also makes the really interesting point that we just, we would help anybody else in any circumstance. We would help any human being struggling out on the street, except, except somebody we've labeled instantaneously as not having a home.
1: What is it about me? What is it about us that has so easily enabled the desensitization of the plight of human beings, a tolerance that would never apply to a pet in distress? I don't have it figured out, but I know the status quo is not working. We're doing these people no favor by continuing with failed policy, which is why I credit Eric Adams for trying. Just after he was sworn in last January, a woman was pushed to her death in front of a subway by a mentally ill man who'd been in hospitals, jails, and on the street for decades. That and other incidents have caused him to act.
0: I told you about the story in June here at the Kipling bus station where a woman was set on fire and later succumbed to her injuries. Of all the ways to die and die slowly and painfully, it took her three weeks Before she passed away and I don't know the circumstances around her death. I just know it was a horrific violent crime and I don't know if the person had a home or didn't have a home, but they've now arrested that person. Could that person have been helped prior to not sure. I'm not 100% sure, but I do know there isn't a system now to help. We don't have enough psychiatric beds. We don't talk about more holistic solutions. We don't do any of that in Toronto. And no, we don't need an Arkham Asylum out of the Batman movies where the conditions are so remarkably harsh. We don't need to make it one flew over the cuckoo's nest where people are getting lobotomized. But we're not even trying to help mentally unstable people in Toronto. Okay, so you get a say. If you're scared of using the subway or going downtown to go to school or sending your kid out of the house at age 14, goodness knows with gun violence alone in some neighborhoods, you're just keeping your head down and hoping that you get from point A to B. But if you're spooked, like the woman was beside me in the gas bay, you matter. I'm not blaming mentally ill people at all for this. This is a massive problem on a large scale. But we have a lot of people that might be harmful to themselves or potentially to others roaming the streets. And then we have some who aren't. But we're asking not just cops to decide the difference between the two. You're asking all of us to decide the difference between the two. So it's pretty eye-opening. Is this unique to Toronto? No, it isn't. There are many big cities right now dealing with violence and dealing with homeless encampments. Neither are good things. Living in a park isn't a good thing. Citizens being afraid to walk into a gas station is also not a good thing. Okay, and I don't know who's a risk to anyone else. I just know that I'm eager to see how this works in New York City. I'm eager to see whether this could potentially find a way to make this work. We started deinstitutionalizing our mentally ill ages ago. We did. We just we, we stopped it. People were who were having disabilities and struggles. The province started permanently closing a lot of these places early this century. And we didn't have long term when we think long term care facilities. We think about the elderly and the aged and people suffering from Alzheimer's and who can't be on their own anymore. But we have no long-term care facilities open anymore of any substance for people who are 25 or 30 or 35 and suffering from a mental illness. We got to do better. We got to do better. And we all can get a say here. But we got to start having better conversations about this. When I think about what New York's doing, I want to see how it goes and get past the critics, get past the idea that somehow it's cruel and inhumane to take dangerous people off the street. I'm sorry I land on the opposite side of that debate.